this is the this is the main point because when people don't have paid leave, especially women, sometimes men, but especially women, when they don't have paid leave, they often don't come back. Because if you know that you have to come back to work when you're still bleeding or recovering, not physically able, if there's any savings that you have that you can afford to spend on not going back to work, people often don't do that. Uh, not an option for low-wage working people in many cases, but in a professional class job and an agency, when people don't have paid leave, they end up quitting their jobs. So it might be challenging to have someone out for three months or however many months you're providing, but the truth is if they quit their job, that position would be vacant that same time anyway, and then you'd have this whole long on-ramp of training and someone new. And when you look at who has paid leave and who it's available for, um, most people in low-wage working jobs still don't have a single day of paid leave. And that's why you have, you know, the numbers are really shocking, but you have one in four new moms going back to work just two weeks after childbirth. Um, and let's be honest, like there are no doctors that are approving that return yep. to work and saying that your body's ready. It's people going back to work while they're still bleeding, while they're not ready, and not to even talk about what it means for the baby to not have a family caregiver. Um, but I think this is really important because privilege, the thing about privilege is that it's often invisible to the people who have it. When we launched our work, we said, we need to push the largest employers in the US to change their policies. And working with advocates um, and partners, we were able to change the policy at Walmart, Starbucks, CVS, Target, um, and win paid leave for about 8 million new people in the private sector. If the U.S. desperately needs, needs workers, if we desperately are, if we are short for talent, why are we not looking at paid leave as a solution? Why are we not looking at childcare as a solution? Why? What is what is so hard? And maybe all you can share with us: what is yeah. so hard about paid leave that we can't solve? This is Level Up a Mother Honestly podcast powered by Indeed. The last two years have been about mothers taking a step back to support our families as we navigate the post-pandemic future of women at work. We are back, ready to level up personally and professionally. We host real and honest conversations with global leaders in parenting, business, work, and life, providing step-by-step -step solutions for your next level. I am your host, Blessing Adishion, founder and CEO of Mother Honestly, a chemical engineer, energy, supply chain, and operational excellence leader, and a mother of four. You will also hear from my friend and co-host, Andrea Molan, founder and CEO of Victory Public Relations and mother to two boys. We are here to level up with Indeed. Hi, Blessing. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. It's the weekend was crazy with the kids. Um, lots of raining, but we stayed indoors and had a good time. How about you? Awesome. We had a very busy weekend also with sports this weekend. So um, our Sunday, we were at the baseball field for a doubleheader. And here in New Jersey, we had a heat wave or it wasn't a heat wave. It was one day of very extreme heat. 
and it was um it was still great the kids did amazing the families all sort of pulled together to make sure we had a tent and water and lots of snacks for everybody for the six hours of baseball that we six endured hours. that's I think it really was six hours, but it was that's awesome. That's intense. It was awesome. It was awesome. And we also had a um, baptism this weekend, which was nice. Okay, that's cute. I love, yeah. I, I love those traditions. So, I mean, yes, very I'm nice. a church girl, so very, very, um, yeah. All right, so let's, let's talk about Ollie and we have lined up. So this week we spoke to Orly Kotel, who is part of the founding team at the national nonprofit Paid Leave for the U.S., or PLUS for short. PLUS has helped win paid leave for over 8 million people at Walmart, Starbucks, CVS, and more, and channeled that momentum into the fight for national legislation that would bring paid leave to everyone in the U.S. As senior advisor and former VP of Partnerships at PLUS, Orly has advised many companies on updating their own paid leave policies to be more equitable and inclusive and has engaged over 350 businesses to advocate for federal paid leave, including Pinterest, Salesforce, Levi's, Spotify, Etsy, and many more. So of course, paid leave is a core principle here at Mother Honestly. It's something that you and I know just how important it is and how desperate the lack of paid leave has impacted many families and many working women, working mothers. Um, you, Blessing, are a prime example. You actually relocated to Nigeria because finding adequate care for your children was um, has been such a challenge in the United States. Absolutely. I mean, so we're doing this cross-continental lifestyle between Lagos and Houston. And um, and I mean, I told someone, and I'm, this is going to probably be an article, is, you know, if we want to find, if you want to be successful as a working mother or as a working parent, leave America. I mean, it almost seems like every week there's something, right? If it's not paid leave, it's lack of childcare. If it's not lack of childcare, it's a formula shortage. And it's it's becoming overwhelming and overbearing for a lot of families that you know are currently stretched i mean we are stretched mentally and even financially look at the cost of everything i think i read an article over the weekend that said you know one third of americans um, are feeling the squeeze uh, one third of you know walking employees are you know are complaining that everything is expensive and it is true. And so, you know, when we add the burden of, you know, a formula shortage or a lack of paid leave, you know, it's a it's a big issue, right? Yeah. I mean, the knock on wood, you know, we've seen that President Biden um, flew in, you know, 78 pounds, the Air Force brought in 78 pounds of formula. And thank God um, that now we have formula going to homes and, to babies that actually need that food to survive. And looking also at, you know, the idea that a lot of these things should be free, <laughs> like, you know, like formula for babies. Um, that that will help a lot of families. Um, same with the child tax credit that has expired, that, you know, helped a lot of families, but Again, not a priority for a lot of, you know, a lot of people in DC and beyond. 
And so that's why when we chatted with Ollie um, this past weekend, I was very excited because she brought a lot of energy. She brought a lot of fire. She opened my mind to, you know, even when we talk among ourselves, you're a business owner, Andrea, a small business owner. And she made me see, you know, why, because every time you tell me, oh my word, let's say my third, um, you know, employee um, is on maternity leave. I'm always like, how is she affording this? Uh, but but what Ollie made me realize is how could you not afford to do this? Because, yeah. you know, it will probably cost you, you know, way more to find a new person, retrain that person and, um, and have that person, you know, start producing at the level of the person that left. And so in the amount of time we're going to do that, um, we might as well support and demonstrate, right, our commitment to this employee. Um, so tell me about, I mean, you already shared that experience. So I think we should probably just let our listeners dive into uh, that conversation. But do you, yeah. do you want to say anything more about, you know, your employee? I think the context that's important is that when I started Victory, I was not yet a mom. And so my view of what new motherhood would be was actually much different than it actually it turned out to be. And in my first experience as a new mom, I thought that I would, the disruption to my work would be minimal. You know, I, I just had no idea all of the physical labor that was required in mothering a baby, much less the, you know, and that's before you even think about the actual developmental benefits to the child to be cared for by, you know, a family member and in my, you know, its mother, which I believe is inc incredibly important and under discussed and that are orally brought up. Um, but the reality is that you know, and the reality is that, so from that situation, from that experience, I did sort of make a commitment to providing paid maternity leave for the people who work for me, because I know how foundationally important that time is when you're kicking off your experience as a working mother. And that's, I think, crucial here. You can't, I don't understand how someone can effectively be a working mother without having those early months to set the foundation for success. Um, so, you know, and Orly made the point that not everybody works in an office job. And for those of us who don't have the flexibility and even the, you know, benefit of sitting at a computer now, today at home with your children, but what happens to the people who work in Starbucks and, you know, wherever, how are they managing this time? So, you know, it is, it, the, the context that she put it into, which I have now experienced multiple times, it is just really hard for small businesses to provide paid leave to their employees for that period of time because it is, you know, we don't get the support from the government that in some states today, you know, Orly has educated us that does exist here in New Jersey. We don't have that. But it is a huge hurdle. It is a huge challenge. And so I'm just acknowledging why other businesses might not take that leap right now. Um, and I understand that as a business owner, but to your point, Blessing, it has been a very wise investment for Victory because of the talent that we're able to attract and because of the ta talent that we're able to retain. 
Um, so that is my takeaway. Today is actually the first day that um, our VP, one of our VPs has returned to work after her maternity leave. So it's just a really wonderful day to have this conversation. And it's something that I'm tremendously proud of. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Proud of you for, for doing that and for walking the talk. It's so hard for a lot of people to do that. And so kudos to you. Well, thank you. I know she's going to, you know, she's going to be back today and giving all our best because you have um, demonstrated just how supportive you can also be um, as, as a leader and as a manager. Um, I think it's time for us to dive in. What do you think? I think so. So this is a really great time for this conversation for me. Paid leave is something that is always on my mind, um, but particularly now when we are um, right at the end of a parental leave at my agency. So I have a very small PR agency, small but mighty is how I always refer to it. And we are ending our, we're coming to the end of our third paid parental leave through in the past three years. Um, and so it is something that as we talk about it, Blessing and I talk about these things behind the scenes. I talk about it with my team. I talk about it with our clients. It's such a dynamic conversation because truly it's hard, right? P paid leave is a hard thing to nail. Um, we make it work for us because of our values and because of how important it is. But one of the things that I think surrounding the perception of paid leave even within our my experience, many of the clients we work with, many of our partners are also family first companies. They are there are many women who are um, you know high level women. There's always this very you know this there's a little bit of hesitation and doubt when someone goes on leave how their work is going to be done. So this is just a obviously a very specific example of you know the experience that we've had. Um, but I see even now when paid leave is a, it's, it's a habit we've established over the years and it's third in three years, but we've, we're on like our seventh leave overall. We've grown through every single one of them. I believe so deeply that paid leave is good for business. And yet we still have that hesitation from our clients. Let me ask you a few follow-up questions about this, because I think this is a really important point, and it's one that comes up a lot in the conversations that I have with businesses, because in my portfolio, I work with, you know, we have 350 businesses that are part of our cohort of companies that lead the way on paid leave um, and advocate for paid leave public policy. And so I talk every day with folks from different companies, and something that comes up a lot is this question, but how many of those three people who went on leave came back? They all did. Every single one of our employees who've gone on leave have come back. We've, you know, they've left eventually, but f the four years later. Yeah. So this is really this is the this is the main point because when people don't have paid leave, especially women, sometimes men, but especially women, when they don't have paid leave, they often don't come back because if you know that you have to come back to work when you're still bleeding or recovering, not physically able. If there's any savings that you have that you can afford to spend on not going back to work, people often don't do that. Uh, not an option for low-wage working people in many cases, but in a professional class job and an agency, when people yep. don't have paid leave, they end up quitting their jobs. So it might be challenging to have someone out for three months or however many months you're providing, but the truth is if they quit their job, 
that position would be vacant that same time anyway. And then you'd have this whole long on-ramp of training and someone new. So one of the things I talk about with businesses is they have to reframe this question around how can we afford to provide paid leave? Because if you're being fiscally responsible and you look at not just the cost of the paid leave, but the savings from not having to recruit and hire and retain and train a new person, it's actually fiscally irresponsible for the business to not have paid leave because the savings usually almost always outweigh any investment that you would put into the program. Um, and that's not even counting you know, the return on your investment of just being a family first company that employees appreciate and that customers yeah. appreciate. So um, it's real. I've, I've taken paid leave myself. I've also been a manager who's had employees go out on leave. So I know it can definitely be a challenge to administer. But um, the good news is it's a challenge that definitely also has a return, which is not something that you can say for, for all of the challenges yeah. that we face in the workplace. I agree with that. And I think it is, I mean, frankly, it's a matter, it's a point of great pride for me that we do that and that we've always prioritized it. We, um, you know, I think that the conversation surrounding paid leave so often leaves out the really, the human sort of um, experience and how we talk about the lack of paid leave and what that looks like. But, you know, I, I hear less and less about how the team grows through it, um, how the individual grows through it, and really how allowing the individual that time. And I know because I took two leaves myself, the first leave, I it really wasn't a leave. I was part of, you know, back in the day, I believed that I could have my baby with me while I was writing emails. And to some degree that was true. And that's flexibility as, you know, it's evolved to become the flexibility that we know today, but it really wasn't, I, you know, it just didn't give me the opportunity to do the work that I wanted to do in the dedicated way that I needed to do it. Um, and so my second leave was a little bit, you know, different than that. And the first leave was really what to find it. And I thought about the agency and the company that I wanted to build. And I knew that I wanted people, man or woman who worked here to know that they would have the, we wouldn't be working against them when they were making these life transitions, but you know, we would be supporting them in order to give us the best work that they have, that they have in within themselves. I do think it's really important, though, also to zoom out and look beyond just the paid leave landscape for what I would call professional class jobs. Some people call it white collar jobs, but jobs where people work at a desk um, because a very large percentage of our population don't work in those kind of jobs. And when you look at who has paid leave and who it's available for, um, most people in low wage working jobs still don't have a single day of paid leave. And that's why you have you know, the numbers are really shocking, but you have one in four new moms going back to work just two weeks after childbirth. Um, and let's be honest, like there are no doctors that are approving that return yep. to work and saying that your body's ready. It's people going back to work while they're still bleeding, while they're not ready, and not to even talk about what it means for the baby to not have a family caregiver. Um, but I think this is really important because privilege, the thing about privilege is that it's often invisible to the people who have it. And so I have people approaching me all the time who are in desk jobs who say things like, I can't believe that there are moms who have to go back to work just six weeks after childbirth. And it's much worse than that. I mean, I, I had this conversation a few months ago with a nurse in the NICU, um, the neonatal intensive care unit. And so she's working with the most vulnerable babies in our population, babies that are born you know, three months, four months premature. And she told me a story about a mom who came in 
who worked at Waffle House and she had her baby on a Thursday and she was back on her feet as a server at Waffle House on Sunday. And she used it's to- unimaginable. It's unimaginable. And she, the nurse went on telling the story and she said, this mom would go do her shift all day and then she would come into the NICU, into the hospital at night and she would sit by her baby's bedside and just cry. Orly, we dove right in. Um, let's zoom out a little bit and talk about the current paid leave landscape. The United States is the only industrial industrialized nation in the world without national paid leave. Who currently has paid leave and who doesn't? And how have things changed in recent years? Well, first of all, um, paid leave tracks largely along socioeconomic lines. Um, so the folks who have paid leave are usually in jobs and industries that are higher paying. And we still find that, I think right now it's about 93% of low wage working people still don't have a single day of paid leave. Um, and so what that means is people are going back to work long before their bodies or their babies are ready. And I also wanna say that paid leave isn't just about parental leave. That's a huge part of the conversation. And I know it's really important to your listeners and we'll talk about that today, but uh, paid leave is also about being able to be there for a family member with cancer or an aging parent, or if someone in your family suffers from a debilitating heart attack or a car accident. And the truth is, no matter what your family looks like or who you love, we are all just potentially one phone call away from getting the news that we need to be at someone we love's bedside in the hospital. Um, so most people don't have that privilege in this country. And so when we look at privilege in terms of money, that's one thing, but there's a whole different layer of it in terms of time, the time to care, to be there for your families and to make sure that you don't miss out really on the most important moments of your lives. So that's, that's a little bit about paid leave, but I will say the landscape has shifted tremendously in the past few years, in part because of what we've been working on. When our organization entered the scene about six years ago, we really wanted to put an equity lens on paid leave. And at the time, paid leave was something that was really only accessible if you worked in tech, in finance, in law, in, in one of those uh, fields. And we really wanted to change that conversation to say like low wage working people need to be there for their families too. And at the time, Starbucks had come out with this big announcement about their excellent, quote unquote, excellent new paid leave policy. They got accolades in the press. Everybody was saying, this is so great. We came to the scene and we said, who qualifies for this policy? We want to know who's included and who's excluded. And it turned out that it was only the 3000 people in their corporate headquarters uh, who got that paid leave policy and the baristas, the 160,000 baristas who are the heart and soul of their operation were left out. So when we launched our work, we said, we need to push the largest employers in the US to change their policies. And working with advocates um, and partners, we were able to change the policy at Walmart, Starbucks, CVS, Target, um, and win paid leave for about 8 million new people in the private sector. Now, there's still a lot of people that are left out. So those that didn't go far enough, right? And if you look even at what Walmart did, Walmart changed their policy, which was great, but they left out their part-time workers, which make up, you know, I think it's 500,000 people work part-time for Walmart, um, and many of whom don't want to work part-time. Their hours are kept below the benefits threshold. So... All that is to say, we've seen a huge shift in the corporate landscape. Companies are now providing paid leave. They recognize that it's critical to their business, especially for recruitment, retention, and morale. 
but we have a long way to go. I want to pause here and talk about our partner, Indeed. The last few years have forced women to rethink the role that work plays in their lives. In fact, flexibility has become a major priority for women going back to work. As a mother of four, I understand how important it is to have flexibility in your job. As much as I would love for things to always go according to plan, life with kids is unpredictable. Indeed can help mamas like you find a company that is empathetic and understanding of your needs. Because it's not just about finding a place to work, it's about finding a job that works for you. With Indeed, you can find a job that has the flexibility to fit your life, not the other way around. Not to mention, with Indeed's Work Happiness Report, you can make sure a company scores well on the things that matters most to you, like compensation, inclusion, and flexibility. Visit indeed.com slash betterwork to learn more about how Indeed is committed to helping women find better work. So Oli, let's talk about what's going on right now, um, whether it's the great reshuffle, the great resignation, or the great reawakening, right? Um, so many women and men are leaving the workforce and whether it's in search of a better job, right? They are demanding a better quality of life. Matter of fact, I posted today on LinkedIn and on Instagram a video of the last day I spent in corporate America um, where I pumped um, at work in the morning and I didn't have enough time to pump throughout the rest of the day. So I tried to pump in the on the bus. And when I got out of the bus, um, every single breast milk that I already saved throughout the day, um, everything spilled about 18 ounces of that. And I just broke down crying. And I told myself that this is not okay. It's no longer worth my time to put myself through this. And looking back, I think the problem was actually paid leave because I shouldn't be back at work um, only after four months. I shouldn't be back. I And I am very grateful that my, my company at the time offered me four months of paid leave but I shouldn't be back at the time. And I went back to work and I had to perform. I mean, the, I remember the very first week, it was just, oh yeah, you should be grateful. It always, you know, I literally heard that in plain words that I needed to be grateful that my company gave me paid leave. And so this, is, was, this was my opportunity, my first week back, this was my opportunity to show up and walk harder and stay longer at work. So as we talk about this great reshuffling, I want you to please tell us, what are you hearing? What are you seeing? How are, are women demanding solutions from their employers? What are companies doing? What is the government doing? What can we expect? Because my, what I fear or what I know um, or what I think is going to happen is that most people are going to say, look, it's no longer what my energy. I can no longer substitute my psychological safety, my mental health, my emotional health, my physical health for, for a paycheck. Well, first of all, my heart goes out to you. I have been in that same situation as a, as a pumping, as a pumping mama uh, back in the day. And when you spill that breast milk that you work so hard for, it just, the tears just flow. Um, 
and I think that's important right now as we talk about the formula shortage that's that's happening in this country and the the discourse around telling women that they should just quote breastfeed more as a solution, which just reflects a profound lack of understanding on how a lactating body actually works. There's no like tap that you just turn on to make the breast milk flow, right? It's directly proportional to how much time you actually can spend pumping or nursing. Um, and if you're, by the way, <laughs> pumping is a full-time job. So is breastfeeding. When people say breastfeeding is free, it's not free. Um, the, a breastfeeding parent spends between 40 and 60 hours a week literally breastfeeding or pumping. So any other job, you'd have to be paid overtime to do that. Um, and I also think that, you know, the comment about you should be grateful that you had the leave that you had, how long was that leave? How long were you able to be out? Yeah, so I was out for four months. So it was a four months paid leave. Um, and, you know, it was, yeah, I think it was, yeah, 16 weeks. So it was 16 weeks and I came back and, you know, and bear in mind, I have spent 15 years in corporate America and um, I felt like I had paid my dues, even though I shouldn't feel that way. But I felt like, yeah, I've paid my dues. I could go and pay leave. Um, and to come back and hear that, that was a complete slap to my face um, as a leader. And um, I just felt very disrespected. And I felt like I wasn't being considered. Um, and, you know, and then after spilling that milk, to be honest with you, I remember just calling my husband and just wailing. And oh, by the way, I was already running late um, to pick up my son. So I was slapped with a late fee when I got there um, because the friend that I called to pick him up um, said she was also running late. Um, so we were both running late to go pick up our kids. And so it, it's like a combination, right, of just no paid leave, no child care that actually like makes sense in this country. And, you know, and then so many other things, the lack of flexibility, like why am I you know, get taking going on a bus, spending three hours commuting for a job that I didn't really need to be in the office for. Like I could do this from home and thank God COVID happened. I'm so sorry. I know that a lot of people did lose their life for COVID, but I, you know, but at least we could see that after all, we don't need, we don't actually need to be in the office for some of these jobs, unless I'm, you know, actually physically doing something. I really don't need to be in the office and, wow, so we can actually make these accommodations, right? Like we found out, women found out that these accommodations can actually be made, that we could actually work from home. And so that was just a slap to our faces. And so for me, I think, you know, if the U.S. desperately needs, needs workers, if we desperately are, if we are short for talent, why are we not looking at paid leave as a solution? Why are we not looking at childcare as a solution? Why, what is, what is so hard? And maybe Ollie, you can share with us, what is yeah. so hard about Italy that we can't solve? Well, first, the comment that you had, you know, four months of paid leave and they felt you should be grateful for it. Obviously, compared to the people in this country who have to go back to work days or weeks after childbirth, four months would be incredibly helpful to them. But the U.S. is the only country where four months is considered a luxurious amount of leave. You don't have to go far. Just look at Canada. I mean, they recently expanded their paid leave from 12 months to 18 months because they recognized they didn't think 12 months was enough time for people. Um, every scientific study that you look into recommends at least six months of paid leave. So we can and we must do better. And I think that there are companies that are leading the way by providing paid leave for their own employees, but we're not gonna really solve this problem for everyone without passing a national 
paid leave public policy that funds and supports this. And there are 11 states that have paid leave right now. So there are some states that are really stepping forward to lead the way. And what we have found from the states that actually pay for paid leave, like in California, where I live, when I went out on leave, I got a check from the state. The state actually paid me for that time to care. By the way, not just for the parental leaves that I took, but also when I had to do family caregiving when my husband needed surgery. Um, and that makes it a lot easier for employers, especially small employers, because the reason that our nonprofit at Paid Leave for the US can provide six months of paid leave is because the state is paying for a huge portion of that. And then our employer only has to top up the rest if they want us to be fully paid. Um, so then they can apply the savings from not paying my salary while I'm out to hire someone else as a contractor or a temp for part of the work. So paid leave helps to level the playing floor for small businesses and medium-sized businesses that can't compete with the Googles and the Facebooks of the world, um, which is another really important reason for trying to pass public policy. Now, we came very close last year in the Build Back Better bill. Um, paid leave was in that bill. It passed the House of Representatives. That is the first time that the House of Representatives has ever passed legislation for national paid leave for everyone in the US. Um, but it didn't get through the Senate and Build Back Better at this point has collapsed. And I cannot stress enough what a tremendous missed opportunity this was um, for our leaders. Because first of all, if you want to run government efficiently and effectively, more like a business, you have to look not just at the costs, but the benefits. You have to look at a cost as an investment. And right now, our economy is losing $650 billion a year because of the lower women's workforce participation when compared to other countries. So we talk about 2 million women left the workforce during the pandemic. Many of them are still out. I think right now the latest numbers are a little bit over 800,000 women are still not working due to COVID. Um, and when you look at the surveys that ask them why they left the workforce, a large percentage of them say that they left due to their caregiving responsibilities, um, due to the fact that it's basically untenable right now in this country to be a working parent of young children. And so things like paid leave, childcare, those investments are investments. If our government would invest in them, our economy would grow. And one of the things that really gets to me is when you look at what does pass, um, our leaders are investing in roads and bridges and in, in physical infrastructure because they recognize that it helps people get to work. I support that. We need bridges. We need roads. But they're not looking at the fact that things like paid leave and childcare also help people get to work. That in the economy and the world that we live in today, especially in a world where we want women to participate in the workforce, without those things, you can't get to work either. And so childcare and paid leave are like the roads and bridges of today for gender equity. And we need our leaders to invest in those too and to recognize that they're just as important. So, so Ali, this is, I mean, first of all, thank you, because I think that's a huge, I think for me, I'm always like, what's the business objective here? And we've already seen, um, you know, that there's a clear business objective here. And it's not just, as you've said in the beginning, this isn't just about, parental leave. This is about any kind of leave that caregivers, everyone is caring for something. I think there's a BCG report that just came out um, that said 90% of employees have a care responsibility. So, I mean, it just makes sense for us to do this. 
Um, but I want to talk because a lot of the moms that listen to um, the Modern Honesty podcast are career women. And I want to talk about what paid leave did with Walmart and Starbucks and, and you know, tell us about that campaign and, um, and why did you pick those companies and how did you win paid leave um, within that organization? Yeah, I love talking about wins. <laughs> I think we all need some positive stories in our lives. Um, we picked those companies because we really looked at the landscape and we saw that we wanted to see who was left out and who was included. And we saw that the largest employers in the US were mostly leaving out their low wage and their retail and their hourly employees. So we wanted to really draw that line in the sand and say, everybody needs to be able to be there for their families. It shouldn't be a perk to be there for the most important moments of your life. Um, and so we, it's Starbucks in particular, um, as I said earlier, we saw that they were willing to give paid leave to the folks that worked in their corporate headquarters. And we really wanted to show them the inequity that they were perpetuating with that kind of policy. And so we worked with baristas who actually went to Starbucks headquarters. Uh, one of my colleagues brought a barista with her and she had a young baby at the time. And she went to meet with the head of HR at Starbucks. And the head of HR was, I think, trying to bond with her by saying, oh, I'm a mom of a young baby too. And this barista just looked her in the eyes and said, yes, but you got paid leave to be home with your baby. And my baby needs me just as much as your baby needs you. And those kind of human stories and that pressure um, and the thousands and thousands of people who signed petitions to Starbucks um, really helped to move them on this issue so that they expanded their paid leave to apply to everyone. One of the most important flaws in their paid leave before our campaign was that it completely left out the barista dads. They only gave a small amount of leave for moms to recover from childbirth and not a single day for the dads. That's very common. Uh, you know, most dads don't have a single day of paid leave. But, um, you know, Anne-Marie Slaughter has this quote. I'm, I'm not going to get it exactly right here, but it really sits with me where she says, we can't have equality for women in the workplace if we don't have equality for men at home. And yes, and everything about paternity leave um, helps not only in the home, but also in the workplace. Because when men are taking paternity leave, the studies show that they're then more involved um, in their home life. They do more chores, they're more involved with their kids. Um, it really creates a foundation of an equal partnership. And when you have an equal partnership, it enables uh, women to participate at work. And that's for heterosexual households, right? When you have no paternity leave, if you're in an LGBTQ household, if you have two dads, if you're a single dad and there's no paternity leave, that's even more challenging and complicated. So especially for a company like Starbucks or any company that really tries to show that they're committed to inclusivity, having equal paid leave for all parents is a foundational aspect of that. You can't talk the talk if you're not also walking the walk in your paid leave policy. Um, and we had a number of LGBT employees at Starbucks who really spoke up and advocated for that and helped make a difference. And, and, and oh, by the way, if you're a dad listening to this, I think one of the things that we're saying, especially Father's Day coming around, is for, for dads to make the commitment to take their parental leave. Um, I remember when, um, when my son was born and my husband and I had just you know, moved jobs. We were working for the same company and we just moved jobs. And one of his biggest hesitation was taking paid leave. And he was very like, you know, of course it was no brainer that I was going to take my paid leave, right? I have to go have the baby. 
Um, but he struggled. He really struggled with, you know, taking that paid leave. Um, luckily, he had a very good manager that said, no, this is your time to bond with your child. And I can tell the difference, right? I can tell the difference between that particular child um, that he took parental leave for and the second child. Because when we when we had my the next baby, um, he now had a manager that was pretty much, you know, um, encouraging him to not take parental leave. Um, because why? Like uh, this other person um, only took two days, even though the company offered two months, he only took two days and he was back in the office. And so they made it seem like, you know, he was trying to cut corners and escape work um, because he actually didn't birth the baby and he needed to be in the, in the office, right? So he struggled with that and we fought that because, oh, by the way, I am now the founder of Mother Honestly. So I said, no, 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 you're not going to do that. You're going to take your parental leave. Um, and here's why. So he went back, of course, armed with enough information. So the question I have for you all is, how can we get men who have the ability or have been afforded the opportunity to take paid leave, no matter how small it is, how can we get men to take paid leave? Because I feel like a lot of our experiences as women, we keep talking about it amongst ourselves, right? Until we get men to participate. And we've seen all the research. When men, you know, take parental leave, when they actually do their fair share at home, they are actually better leaders. I mean, we've... The numbers are there. And and so how do we get men to take the parental leave? Um, and how does that help this this fight, right? How does that help this fight on the Hill to get paid leave passed on a national level? I think that's a very important question. I have a, a couple different answers for it. Um, the first one is that we need more executives and male leaders and managers taking their full leave when they welcome their babies. Because if a company has a policy and then the leaders don't actually use it, they're not modeling it and they're sending a signal to their employees that they shouldn't either. Um, Alexis Ohanian, the founder of Reddit and also of 776 Capital, um, has really been a leader on this issue. And he's modeled it as a CEO, um, as a founder, um, He's married to Serena Williams, and he had a, uh, as most people know, a very intense experience when their daughter Olympia was born. Serena had pretty severe health complications and was in the hospital. And Alexis talks about the transformative effect that that leave had on him and for his family. And he has really been incredible because he didn't just benefit himself. He wanted to pay it forward, advocate for others. He joined us for a lobby day in DC to meet with senators and representatives and really help advocate for paternity leave for everyone, uh, parental leave really for everyone. So th that's one example is we need more people to step up, take their own leave, talk about how important it is um, and model that behavior. Um, but the other thing is we need leave to be fully paid for men to take it. And this seems subtle, but it actually is very important when you look at the data. In the state of California, um, originally the state had a level of wage replacement that was 55% for you to go out on leave. Um, the state would pay you about half your salary if you took your leave. And men weren't taking it because in many households, men are still the primary uh, earners in that household. And if you're working a low wage job or even a medium wage job, you can't afford to take a 45% pay cut. Um, so they might take like one week you know, to help their spouse recover for their partner to recover from childbirth, but they wouldn't take the full amount they were entitled to. California increased that level of wage replacement to 70%. 
And they saw an increase in the number of men and low wage working people who are taking it. And now there's actually legislation being discussed to increase it even further. So um, those are two different things. We need more men modeling the right behavior. Um, and then we also need public policy to support that. Because right now, I, I will say people talk about some of the challenges in this country as if they're individual parents' responsibilities. And these are not parents' problems. These are society's problems. The challenges yeah. that we're seeing are because we don't have the policies that are really supporting parents and creating the infrastructure for us to succeed, which exist in most other countries on earth. So um, as we're talking, we're the conversations that we're having are reinforcing some of the, I think most, just generally speaking, we all have stories about how paid leave has been so important to us. We all have, we know people whose lives were negatively impacted by the absence of it. And anecdotally and statistically, you know, it's shown that there are bottom line benefits to a business that, or a company that provides paid leave. Why is it so, why is it still so hard? Why is there still so much resistance to, um, you know, to that idea? You know, people are still afraid to take their leave. I think men and women, there is a, an element amongst my peers. Um, I have a, I have a peer who owns another agency. She's on leave right now, but she's still working, you know? So what is the, and of course, nationally, you know, governmentally, obviously, it's a huge hurdle to clear. So why? Why is that? Well, first of all, paid leave has very high support. If I'm talking about, if you look at the public policy solutions for it, bipartisan, across party lines, people want paid leave. It's extremely yeah. popular. And yet, with our decision makers, it remains low priority. Um, I, I don't have a good answer for that because it seems very short-sighted to me. If you have a policy that has huge bipartisan support, why don't you move it forward? I think it's because most of our leaders in Congress don't have personal experience with this. We still have far too few women and far too few mothers in Congress. And the men who are in Congress who do have children, many of them had their children a very, very long time ago when our economy was different and their own personal financial privilege uh, plays into it. They didn't experience yep. some of the challenging decisions that families really have to make. You'll see that the young dads in Congress are huge supporters of paid leave. Um, they are advocates. They get it. And they're in it right now. They're trying to be co-parents to their children and they see how important that is. So um, I think, uh, you know, we need our decision makers to have experience with some of these challenges that we're facing. Um, but frankly, we also need them to hear more from their constituents. So we need folks to be calling Congress, email Congress, sharing your stories, telling them how important it is to you. Be loud because nothing ever changes without grassroots mobilization and engagement and people really telling their leaders what they want and need. Um, on the corporate level, I'll just say that, um, we're seeing change every day. It's it's it changes as people fight for leave, advocate for leave, take their leave, talk openly about their leave. Um, the other thing that's really important, though, is we see people fighting to create change inside of their own companies, not just for themselves, but for everyone. So when employees realize that it's not enough leave for them, sure, some employees just go to HR and say, you know, 
I would like to advocate for more for me. Will you make this exception? But some of the folks that we're most proud of are the people who are going to their HR departments and saying, we need better paid leave for everyone at this company. Here's why, here's how, here are the stories. And we have a whole suite of resources on our website for anyone who wants to improve or change or fight for their better paid leave at their company. So some of the things we have, um, we have uh, benchmarking where you can look and see what other companies are doing to show your department if they're falling behind their competitors. We have a cost benefit calculator in Excel where you can actually type in the numbers for your own company and see not just how much it'll cost, but how much you'll save in terms of recruitment and retention. Um, and we have even templates you can use to reach out to your HR department to say, I'd like a meeting or I'd like to talk about this. So everyone we know, um, whatever a policy has changed at a company, it has always been because somebody internally got loud and used their positional power and their soapbox and their voice to win change for everyone at their company. Um, so we, we love when people uh, engage us in the fight. And you can also reach out to me directly on LinkedIn if you want, message me directly. It's Orly Kotel. O-R-L-I-C-O-T-E-L, -E find me. I'm happy to help do pro bono consulting and chat with you about any uh, any way that we can help change your workplace. It's amazing. I love it. Thank you so much, um, Ollie, for joining us today. I'm super excited. I think there's so much to be done. And if anybody's hearing, I'm printing out more of my caregiving crisis report <laughs> in the background. Um, so this is fun. This is very real life moment. Um, but thank you, Ollie, for joining us today. I am so grateful for the work that you did, um, especially with Build Back Better. I, I was in the Slack channel and, you know, the amount of effort that went into pushing that bill, it was just such a shame um, that our leaders, um, you know, did not recognize all the value um, that, you know, that PLUS brings to the table to support all of this effort. You know, I would love to share some examples of companies that are doing this right, because I think we all need models and inspiration of, of what this looks like. And I think far too often, we just hear over and over again about Google and Facebook and other tech companies, and they're doing great work, but I wanna make it clear that you can have a great paid leave policy at any kind of company. Um, and having a great paid leave policy, in my view, is really about inclusion. So for example, some good news, just in the past few weeks, Neiman Marcus Group, they announced a new paid leave policy, um, 16 weeks of equal parental leave for all employees. So this includes in, your, in the headquarters, it includes the retail employ, employees, salaried, hourly, it includes full-time and part-time um, moms, dads. So 16 weeks parental leave for everyone. And then they also have additional time for birth recovery for moms. So that means that if you're a birthing parent, you get up to 24 weeks or six months of paid leave. And then on top of that, they have added in time for family caregiving leave as well. So they're doing two weeks of family caregiving leave for anyone at the company. Um, so that's what Neiman Marcus is doing for their 9,000 employees. And in my view, that's really walking the walk. If you're going to talk about inclusion, your paid leave policy reflects that. Um, thank you to them for shining a light on what that can look like for a retail employer. Um, I also love what Sun Life has done with their policy. Um, their policy is also equal for all employees, but it's fully equal in the caregiving leave as well. So they offer the same amount of caregiving leave as they do parental leave. And one other thing that they did is they don't define who counts as your family. They include the term chosen family. 
So they're recognizing that it's not really the employer's job to say who's your family, that you might have caregiving responsibilities for an in-law or for a sibling or for an aunt or uncle, or maybe you're someone who doesn't have any biological family in your life and your roommate is that person who counts as your family to you. Um, everyone should be included. And so Sun Life has done a great job with their inclusive policy. And then also just want to shout out Deloitte because they were really the first ones to pioneer this idea of a policy that's not only gender neutral, but also what they call generational neutral, which means when they rolled out their 16 week paid leave policy, it included 16 weeks for any family caregiving. Um, so they really set the stage. And then last, there are companies like Pinterest that are leading the way with new paid leave inclusion policies. They pioneered, uh, they're one of the early companies to launch something called NICU leave. So they provide extra leave to families with a baby in the neonatal intensive care unit because they recognize that a lot of families end up using up all their leave before they even bring the baby home from the hospital if they have a, a, a preemie or micro preemie. So um, those are some very uh, important new trends to watch and um, employers of all sizes are following suit. I mean, same thing. Um, I love, so this podcast is powered by Indeed and one of the biggest reasons why we partnered with them is just because of you know the, the fact that they support women and families and caregivers um and part of it but one of when we met i said you know can you tell me about your you know parental leave your parental leave policy and you know it's exactly the same thing 16 weeks of fully paid leave um with a return transition period and then if you're a secondary caregiver you get um you know six weeks of fully paid leave i mean those are the kind of things that we want to start seeing and when you when you actually talk to employees within indeed um, which we have spoken to a lot of them, you can sense the joy um, and the happiness in their voice and just how excited they are um, to work at a company that, you know, that walks the talk. And part of it is also, you know, paid time off. You know, how do you, how do you, you know, if, if, if a company isn't offering paid leave and they're still not offering paid time off, then there's really no room. And we continue to see this across America um, where some companies still don't get it. And of course, we need a more national, like as, as you've said, we need, we need a national covering um, to ensure that every single person um, have access to paid leave. I think that's a really important point. And people can also continue to support as consumers, the companies that are taking a stand for paid leave. So if you go to our website, you'll see the list of 350 companies that are not only having good paid leave in their own companies, but supporting public policy to pass paid leave for everyone. Um, I feel good when I wear my Levi's because Levi's has taken a huge stand for paid leave. Uh, when I'm at the supermarket shopping for my kids, I like to buy them the once upon a farm uh, smoothie pouches because Once Upon a Farm has been really active in supporting paid leave. So you look on our website, you can see all these companies and know that your consumer choices can also help support companies that are doing the right thing and let those companies know. Reach out to them, thank them, thank them for taking a stand, let them know how much it means to you um, because we really need companies speaking up, not just for their own employees, but for everyone in the U.S. to pass national policy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we will catch you again. Thanks so much for having me. It was great talking with you both today. 
Thank you for listening to the Mother Honestly podcast, a production of the Motor City Woman. Before you go, the Mother Honestly membership is open. We offer programs and toolkits that support you on the home front and work front. Corporate memberships are also available for employers looking to provide real solutions to employees at home and at work. Our Mother Honestly team are Robin Kinney, Audrey Goodson Kingo, Christine All, Oluchi Obonaya, Fumbi Showande, and more. Follow us on social media at Mother Honestly. And remember to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Your reviews are important to us. Leave us a review and share with a friend. Come back next week as we level up with Indeed.